It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ah, we have a lovely show for you this Friday afternoon. Welcome. Uh, Lovely to have you with us on this uh, final Friday in April, heading into the bank holiday weekend. We're covering off sport. We have your TV theme to be identified. Comedy. It's very appropriate this week. Wine with Rick Cronje. Books, Irene Gahan. And we're starting today with one of our regulars as well. All thoughts of summer and holidays must be on so many people's mind. A lot of people have organised already, but some not, I have to say. Sandra Finnegan's on the line from Globe Travel. Hi Sandra. Hi Jerry. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me. I want to start with the ESTA issue. Are you familiar with it that people going to the States, you need an ESTA don't you? You have to have this to go to America. An ESTA, yeah, an ESTA has been required for the last sort of 12-15 years uh, but the structure and the layout of it has changed slightly Jerry. Um, as in you have to upload your passport on a JPEG format on your laptop or your mobile phone before you start the application. And that automatically links your passport to the application. So it is a lot quicker and it's a lot safer. And this week, just uh, as an aside, but I presume they'll they'll sort it out. Uh, I see a lot of people complaining they couldn't make the payment. They did what you said. They went through the process, but the ESTA wouldn't take the payment from the from them in the end. There yeah, seems to be a bit was, of a glitch with that, was there? Yeah, there was a glitch in the system, in the payment system as well. And then a lot of people as well still, you know, their online banking. You still have to have your online banking on your credit card and your debit card set up before you can do any of those. Mm. Okay, so, but that literally, uh, it could be sorted out. Over the last uh, 24 hours, there's been absolutely no issue. No issue with it at all. $21 it costs for the Esther. How long does it last for, Sandra? It's valid for two years, providing your passport is valid for two years. So if you applied for today and your passport was expiring in, say, October this year, then you'll have to make a new application. Or if your passport's valid for the next four or five years, well, then it's valid for two years. Okay, and it's a must. multiple entry. Oh, right. So once you have it, you can go in and out as many times as you wish. Absolutely. And you carry it with you. Do you get an electronic form back to you? You get an an electronic email back confirming it and just save it into your travel wallet. And you know, Sandra, the way there were spurious people offering Estes, you need to go on to the official site, don't you? You need to go on to the Esther.gov. Right. Okay, so that's because there's people, you know, they're 
there's people scanning off these sites where you have the $21 and maybe there's a 50 or 60 admin fee with them. Mm. So just make sure you go onto the official US Embassy website. There you go. That That is very important to, to remember. Just when you're talking there about um, electronic versus, you know, hard copy, printed copies, we, we, we have a question for you about boarding passes. Now, this is something that happened um, uh, Louise recently Louise, and somebody else was saying to me during the week you go away right and you have your boarding passes on this side and on the flight you go you know when you're on the other side coming back Aer Lingus wanted printed hard copies of boarding passes why would that be? Unless it's a, an airport, you know, it must you, like the majority of airports all except the electronic ones unless it's a small airport uh, maybe like Croatia or some of these that don't accept the electronic. I always say to people, particularly on the return, have a backup plan, print a copy and have it on your phone as well. And then if the phone goes dead, at least you have the hard copy as well. Mm. But if you're away, you're not able to print that till what, 24 hours before you fly? So no, you'd... Aer Lingus no. now have changed the format. Oh. Once you prepay your seats, you can do it up to 14 days in advance. Okay, that's if you prepay your seats. But if yeah. you don't want to prepay, you're going to have... check in 48 hours prior to departure. Okay, grand. And and that's for the return flight as well? At the return as well, yeah. Okay, so that's that's good to know. It really is. So it shouldn't be an issue at all. Uh, and would you always be in favour of having a backup even if you have the electronic format? I think I'm still old school, <laughs> <laughs> Sandra, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit like yourself. I do all these pieces of paper tucked yeah, in my little bag. I and have everything, I have everything <laughs> in my apps and my travel wallet. And then the kids cringe when I have a little backup plan of my... But the backup plan often works, Jerry. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it certainly does. Um, another question. Uh, with Dublin Airport, and I notice I've been up there a few times in the last number of weeks, uh, lucky to be, and it, it's r- really busy. What about priority for, uh, you know, going through security at busy weekends? Do you think it's worth paying it? I certainly think it's well worth it. Um, obviously, with Ryanair, you can purchase it as part of your bundle when you're doing it. Erlingus don't have that facility. So Dublin Airport, if you get an on-book in your car parking, you can normally fast-track is offered to you. Fast-track is more difficult to get when you're just booking as a passenger if you leave it till the last minute. But just a little trick, Jerry. If you arrive into Terminal 2 or Terminal 1, in the departure area, there's a little kiosk that you can actually go and prepay the fast-track. So if you see a long queue ahead of you, yeah. just go and buy the fast-track. It's well worth doing it if it's, subject, if it's available there and then there you go and uh, you can call the situation when you arrive there and see what it's about now um, by god we're frozen in this country there hasn't been a decent day it's getting warm today for the first time in how long but we're hearing about this massive heat wave in Spain at the minute Europe is really really Europe is really warm like last weekend I was in Portugal with the girls here from the office and the temperature was 27 degrees for April. Mm. Unbelievable. Yeah. Easter time of the Costa del Sol, 27, 28 degrees. So exceptional temperatures for this time of the year. You know, same temperatures as the Canary Islands. When you go away, and especially if you have children, which are, say, later on into the summer, and it's as hot as that, it, it, you really have to use your head, don't you, with them, with, in very high temperatures daytime? Absolutely, Jerry. Like the last thing you want to see the poor kids getting scalded or whatever. Um, you know, keep them out of the midday sunshine. Keep them covered with hats. And the majority of the, uh, the likes of Duns and Pennies now have all these protection swimwear that you can cover their little shoulders and arms just to keep them covered. Height protection factor. 
nothing less than a 50 with a kid. Mm, good advice there. Now, what's hot? What's happening? What have you got? What are you uh, advising people? You know, as I said, there's quite a number of people. There was a big rush, I know, in the spring of the year to book on that as well. What's the availability like in the main resorts in Spain, Portugal, you mentioned there, south of France, Just Italy? looking at there this morning, some amazing offers for Lanzarote for the month of May. Offers starting about 329 uh, Some nice city breaks, something a little bit different. Uh, Porto has become exceptionally popular with flights virtually every day. Um, Lisbon, certainly probably one of the top city city break sellers for 2023. It's on everybody's bucket list, an amazing city. Um, You've got the the best of the city, and you could also maybe extend it into a couple of days out by the coast to Qashqai or Estrell. Really, really nice one. Uh, Your own favourite, Jerry, going back into Italy, there's so much more there. Uh, with extra flights there into Bari this year. Um, you know, so down into the heel of Italy. Something a little bit different that you can do if you want to do something mm. for a short break. And accommodation is very reasonably priced in the area. Mm. So l- there is plenty of choice out there still. For fa- I mentioned families there as well. Some wonderful family facilities I know in the south of Italy, Lake Garden, that as well. Uh, availability in those still, yeah? Yes. Plenty of availability, Jerry. Uh, still some offers, and two, we still have some free child places. So there's still some good discounts to be had there at the moment. Uh, the states is really opening back up. Uh, we're expecting any day to hear an announcement that the US will drop the COVID restriction for vaccination, mm. because at the moment you can't enter the US unless you're a fully vaccinated passenger. Still, yeah, it, like not even testing facility. So at the moment, that was reviewed on the 22nd of April and it's due to be reviewed again on the 16th of May. And we expect after the 16th of May for that to be lifted completely, which will open up things again. Cruise companies again have all lifted the restriction for vaccination. So the world is moving again, Jerry. Oh, it certainly is. And I noticed that in, in recent weeks myself. Uh, question from a listener, just back to the passport. They say, my passport runs out in January of next year. Uh, would Sandra advise even at this stage to renew well ahead of that date? OK, the passport office won't accept your passport application when you have more than six months life left on your passport unless you're making a visa application for another country that your passport's going to be away for a while. So if their passport is expiring at the end of January, the earliest she's probably going to be able to renew it is the beginning of August. Uh, I would say anybody with children's passports, uh, the lead-in time I'm saying is certainly eight weeks. Uh, an adult's passport for a renewal, as long as the passport hasn't expired more than sort of six months, the turnaround time online is anywhere between uh, 14 and 21 days. And is online your recommendation? And post, we, we talked about this back a few years ago. They were offering a wonderful service. You were guaranteed that you'd have really it back. online is the only way forward. Okay, so yeah. renew your passport online. And again, that's important, six months. So if you were planning to go to the States, let's say... Um, the States doesn't really matter, Jerry. The okay. States, you don't need validity for six months. Your passport only has to be valid for the duration right. of the time you're leaving there. So say your passport was expiring on the 30th of September and you were coming home on the 28th of September, that's perfect. Okay, so that works fine. There's no issue with that at all. 
Yeah. And is the um, go on. the other big build up at the moment is Rugby World Cup. Yep. Uh, in France, um, it's huge, absolutely huge. Mm. Uh, flights from Dublin to Paris, if you start looking at the flights from mid-September to the end of October, they're just, prices are through the roof. We still do have packages available. They are costly, uh, but it's, uh, I think, a once-in-a-lifetime experience to experience the World Cup, you know, somewhere so close to home. Yeah, and with us, hopefully, Sandra. I don't want to put the markers on them yeah, yeah. in with I'm a going chance. Myself to this, <laughs> game, oh, I, yeah, well, yeah. for you, we're in with a chance this time round. That, that's very important as well. Just beyond this, and later in the year, you know, people love to visit Lapland. They do indeed. What's the story there? Bookings, I know, were heavy even after Christmas this year for it. They, people started booking in 2022 for December 23. Um, to try and get availability. Um, there is still availability there, but it's more limited. And I'd imagine by late summer, as it was last year, it was completely sold out. And the only way we're getting people picked up, pick, uh, sorted out was if people cancellations came through. Mm. Okay. And it's not the type of holiday you want to be hanging around for cancellation for. Yes, so if, magical. You, if you're looking, you're nearly looking into the following year at this stage, are you? Yeah, no, you could. You could, there's still availability right. for 2023. Yeah, uh, but 2024 is on sale. Okay, my, yeah. So that's how far you have to be thinking ahead. Just a listener again, just coming back to something you said. Do you have to have online banking to apply for the ESTA? Well, you have to have a facility. Yes. Of a bank card. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't necessarily need to be your card. <laughs> right. So it could be your brother, sister. Yes parents card so you, you do need a, a bank card okay. to apply for to it. apply for it that's it so uh, not necessarily online Sandra thank you so much for joining us today we'll talk to you again soon thanks Jerry. take care bye-bye. take care bye bye that's Sandra Finnegan there from Globe Travel yeah, Globe Travel covering off a number of issues and plenty of availability still summertime right round the resorts in Europe you heard it there uh, check them out they'd be delighted to see you there are all the local travel agents that are around the region in Louth and Mead love to see people come in and there's great reassurance I have to say I know I that's that's my belief anyway in booking and travelling with your local agent still maybe I'm a little old fashioned as Sandra was saying there but I do like the comfort of it and I can tell you in the past I was so grateful to have the services of Globe Travel when we needed them abroad on one particular occasion. If you want to get in touch with us on the show, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text this afternoon. When I come back, I want to go back to yesterday. You remember yesterday we were talking about dogs in restaurants. I have a couple of... uh, really interesting comments I didn't get to late on in the show yesterday and I want to read them for you when we come back after this break yesterday afternoon we had some reaction to our discussion about dogs in restaurants and towards the end of the show David sent me in this lengthy message I want to read it to you the other day Jerry, I was at the local public park not a dog park but dogs are allowed there we were walking along in a high movement area so I had my dog on a leash another dog off leash sees us and starts approaching. My dog needs her space, so we start moving away. But the dog got to us before we could leave. My dog was stressing a little, so I politely said to the woman, sorry, my dog doesn't want to play, and ushered her dog away. Her dog gets the message and moves on. That was all right. But here comes the juicy part. As I'm leaving, the owner of the dog that came towards us comes to me with a speech more or less like this. Hey, if your dog is nervous and doesn't even want to play with other dogs, go somewhere else. Don't come to the park and ruin other dogs' fun.
I heard this and a wave of fury started taking over, but suddenly I think I had a light bulb moment and switched gears completely. With the biggest, friendliest smile, I opened my arms as wide as I could and said to the woman, Oh, come on here. I want to give you a big hug. (laughs) With panic in her eyes, she backs off, speechless, and quickly starts walking away. I said, Hey, don't run. I'm so friendly. Come on. I only want to give you a hug. I'm friendly, I promise. I just want to hug you. Still speechless and backing away in terror now, I said, Wait, don't you want my friendly hug? She yelled, No. I said, Well, neither does my dog. Have a nice day, lady. As I walked away, I saw her just standing there, speechless. And she was putting the dog on the leash at this stage. David. I love it. Louise, isn't that some story? We saw it yesterday. We said, we've got to give that an airing tomorrow on the show. Wasn't that brilliant? Absolutely fantastic. Well done to you, yeah. David. Anger would have... It wouldn't It wouldn't nearly have been. I can just been. imagine. Can you just like, picture yeah, yeah. what happened? He got the message across. Mm, I'm just glad he said, come here, I don't want to sniff. <laughs> Magnificently, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Ah, well done to you. I think that's real clever. And our good friend, we haven't heard from him for a while Louise Nigel Nigel McKenna in uh, New York was listening yesterday morning to the conversation about the dogs as he was driving along he couldn't uh, get in touch with us good man he was driving safe driver uh, but he was just saying the world has changed with Covid when it comes to dogs Jerry. in the south of France and Italy dogs are allowed in the restaurants during the day mind you most restaurants have beautiful outdoor dining spaces I wouldn't bring my service dog to fine dining but I do bring him to normal restaurants he's professionally trained so he never makes a sound I would naturally leave if he did. He doesn't shed and is non-allergenic. You would not know he was in the restaurant. We always sit outside, though, even though we are allowed to bring him inside. It's not right for other guests. Here's a picture of my little guy. All the best, Nigel. Lovely, Nigel. Well, your pooch is beautiful. Thanks indeed for listening and for that message as well. Nigel, well familiar with Europe as well and Southern Europe and what happens there with dogs. Uh, Anyway... I still haven't changed my mind since yesterday, but sure, that's the way it is. Uh, Breeder says, well, fair play to that man, David. What a brilliant story. Jerry, thanks indeed for that. Jerry, if dogs are not allowed in supermarkets or other shops, how can they be allowed in restaurants, says Anne? And we have uh, had lots of comment in that vein yesterday. And uh, thanks for that one again today, Anne. Now, it's time to uh, recommend a few books to you. And the woman who knows all about books, the owner of Academy Books on the south side of Drogheda, Irene Gahan, joins me. Hi, Irene. Happy Friday. <laughs> happy Friday, especially ahead of a bank holiday. It's happy, happy Friday in exactly. our book. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice to talk to you again. Well, listen, yeah, there was a toss-up with you guys for Book of the Month, so what you decided, you're very, very good people. You decided to nominate two Books of the Month. So let's talk about the first one uh, on the Irish side, Anne Griffin and the Island of Longing. Tell us about this one. So this is one, the Islands of Longing is out in May and it's Anne Griffin, she, she's written two of books so far and um, what all is said, I think you probably remember that mm. one and this one is lovely. It's um, Now it's not out until about the 7th or the 11th of May, I have to just check that, but it's a lovely book. I got a copy early um, which I absolutely, I just put everything down and went straight in to read it because I really like her books. So basically it's about this lady whose um, daughter disappears um, and never arrives home. And she has, and there's a brother. So her 17-year-old daughter, basically, they had a bit of a falling out, cycles into town, never comes home. So she obviously struggles to cope 
Um, but when her dad gets sick, her dad has basically called for her to come back to an island, as shall we say, on the coast of Ireland and help him with the ferry. He has a little ferry business. Um, so it's incredibly emotional. She kind of goes back to be with her family, you know, with her dad, help her dad and kind of repair. So it kind of flips back between you know, the things that happen and then her trying to, you know, cope with the loss of her daughter. So it's very much about loss and tragedy and family relationships. And it's kind of funny. Her characters are lovely. They they kind of become like friends. I mean, I just, it's you know, I, I very rarely find books that I can't put down. And I'm a big crime person. So this for me was much more an emotional book, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so it's a lovely setting and really enjoyed it. And it will be, it's going to be our June book club, um, of the month, June book club book. But um, the minute it gets out, try and get your hands on it because it's absolutely lovely. There you go. You can't get a better recommendation than that. As you said, it's a, a sort of a two-track story. The ferry is failing. Can she save that? Back yeah. to the, and I'll tell you one thing that struck me about it. Imagine you can see your child cycling very close close to your house this is yeah. unnerving and she never comes home yeah and and I lived up in I mean I lived up near where Philip, I grew up near where Philip Kearns um, yes. um, so I always remember that um, and he was the same age as I was so I always remember that and I always remember thinking gosh like you know the, the, obviously what their family went through um, and never knowing um, so Anne Griffin really takes that um, and, and you know the, you can feel the emotion in it you can feel the kind of the loss in it and wondering what's going to happen and, and are they ever are they ever going to get some resolve you know you just got to get a book to find out what happens. The Island of Longing by Anne Griffin comes with a five-star recommendation yes. from Irene Gahan and it will be their top book as we move into the next month. The other one you wanted to nominate in this spot for us as a book of the month is The Last to Disappear by Joe Spain. Well, you're talking about royalty here when it comes to this <laughs> this author, aren't you? Absolutely, absolutely. And this is a standalone. And um, I first read it last, I read the bigger version. So the smaller version has come out, the paperback version has come out. Um, so it came out last year in the bigger version and the paperback is out. And the reason why I wanted to mention it was um, it's, it's, it's really, really reasonable. It's nine ninety five. It's a standalone from Joe Spain. It is absolutely brilliant. I sat by the pool and I did not want to put it down. Um, it was it's it's fabulous. It's basically about this Irish girl who goes to work in a Scand- luxury resort in Scandinavia, um, and she disappears. I, I seem to have a character. There seems to be a character. There seems to be a team running through my books here. Um, now that now that you mention it, um, and basically her brother comes over to uh, her brother comes over to investigate um, with the help of another uh, junior guard, shall we say, yeah. um, near the resort. And you know what? I just I hadn't read any Joe Spain before, and I, it she, it set me on the path of reading Joe Spain's books. And I have to say, I absolutely love it. If you want something good to bring on holidays, throw in your bag. It's absolutely brilliant. Yes, Alex Evans is the young London professional guy who gets the phone call from uh, uh, that part of Scandinavia to say his sister's body has been pulled from an, an icy lake. And the uh, detective you mentioned there is Agatha Koshkinen, the the policewoman there. It It is in, in, uh, an amazing story because there's three women missing, actually. Yes, there's more. Yes, yes. That's that's the, there's, if there's a few women gone missing and that's what makes it kind of all... 
more sort of sinister and woven and every time you think he's un- he's worked out who it is if not who you think it is yes. <laughs> so it's, it's expertly done I mean Joe Spain she's, she's I mean she's the queen of crime I think really yeah. <laughs> the Irish queen of, queen of crime yeah but she is a fabulous book yeah so that there is, you are not giving too much away yeah we don't we don't want it we want you to get it and read it's called The Last to Disappear by Joe Spain I think I'll pass on the reindeer pizza that's all I'll say to you yes, uh, but besides that everything else really stacks up here and a different side of Lapland for sure. Let's move on. You have a couple of more selections for us. I'm intrigued by this next one because it's a debut novel by Michelle McDonough and it's called There's Something I Have to Tell You. Now, what about this one? Yeah, so I got the proof of that. It's only just out. I got yeah. the proof and again, I started it after my Island of Longing and it's a debut novel um, and it's very, very, very good. So it's a family drama, a thriller. It's set in Galway. And basically, Ursula, the matriarch, um, I won't say wagon, of the family. <laughs> she is. She is. You can say it. She is. It's the truth. <laughs> She's a bit of a wagon, let's say Totally. <laughs> and her husband, the, the poor put-upon uh, farmer, uh, Jimmy Kennedy, have been pulled from a slurry pit. Mm. Well, first of all, they're disappeared. Um, that's the other thing. First of all, they've uh, they've disappeared, um, and and the poor dog has basically um, the the poor dog has basically got, you know shouting and barking at the at the slurry pit, and um, they all go off to investigate. But it's very much um, she married into the family, the Ursula. She's the matriarch. She. You know, she kind of developed everything into a farm shop and she keeps everybody basically working their fingers to the bone while she swans about and gets her hair done and redesigns everything. And, you know, so there's a little bit of resentment and everything else that goes on, but there's a tragedy, obviously. And before all this, um, so there's a whole load of secrets and, you know, Mm. secrets and lies, as they say. So her daughter, her son, Rob, comes back from his career and his wife, Kate, they kind of work very, very hard to to help, but everyone's kind of resentful. But it looks on the surface like everything is, you know, everything's just ticking along, but underneath. <laughs> There's a lot going on. And just to say that it is Glenbeg Farm Park. These people, Ursula and Jimmy Kennedy, own yeah. this. They developed it into one of these boutique-like tourist attractions on a farm yeah. that are all over Ireland at the moment and he is a little bit of dementia he goes missing she's missing and as you say they're found in a slurry pit many parallels with a case that's in the courts yeah, at the moment absolutely. without mentioning anything but many parallels yeah. there for sure and what you're saying is I know what you're getting at because I'm familiar with this book there are so many people if it's not an accident <laughs> who could have yes did or done who, the deed? Who could have done the deed? Yes. And, and, that, and you know what? It, it's funny because um, she, if anyone wants to look it up, there's a little bit of um, backstory behind her in real life mm. and her family, which we won't go into on air, but there's a little bit of a story, backstory there as well. So yes. um, I think it's really good. For a debut novel, it's good. She gets into the characters. She gets into the thick of it. And again, it's, it, I've noticed a lot of books are kind of borrowing from real life things that have happened that you would never imagine what could happen but obviously like the slurry um, the slurry pit but it's, it's a lot of parallels a lot of books coming out at the moment have parallels with things that have happened and then they've taped them and moulded them into a very good story Yeah, it's a terrific debut it's getting a very very, very good, good press review. yes all over the place and uh, just to say that Michelle McDonough she's a reporter uh, for quite a number of years in regional and national press so um, she's a lot of experience and I, I'd say 
hasten to say this could be the first of a, a series in a new career for her. I think so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's a seasoned journalist, so yep. she gets it. <laughs> she does indeed. Anyway, that's the third recommendation from Irene today on Book Club. There's something I have to tell you by Michelle McDonough, and it's out very soon as well. And last but not least today, because I know you have you, you love them all, but this one, uh, The Last Lifeboat by Hazel Gaynor. This is a true story. It is indeed. And I have to say, I really, really love her books. Um, she, her, she, the previous books, like Three Words for Goodbye and Meet Me in Monaco. So, um, with two of her previous books, which I really, really enjoyed, enjoyed. And I love pushing Irish authors. And she's not actually Irish. She's from Northern England, but she lives in Kildare. So, do you know what? We're going to claim her as one yes. of our own. <laughs> yes, we are. Of course we are. I know Hazel. She's fantastic. She's lovely. And then, so this is based on a, a true story. Um, and I love historical fiction, especially stuff set around World War Two. So, the book is set in 1940. Um, and when children are being evacuated to Canada. Um, so, there's this is the whole kind of setup and the whole premise of it. So Alice King is this um, sheltered primary school teacher um, and she's um, looking for something to do, if that makes sense. So obviously the war is getting closer and things mm. are starting to happen. And then Lily Nicholas is a young widow and she's worrying about her two children and she's thinking about sending them to Canada. So Alice, the teacher, volunteers as an escort and then the tragic events that sort of precede everything and then the days to follow. It's really lovely. It's a beautiful story of how, you know, two women's lives get completely intertwined um, and obviously the story, again, of you know, of the the actual true story. So these things actually happened at Torpedo of a of a German U of by a German U boat. Um so it's it's lovely how I think anyone who likes historical fiction will really, really enjoy this. And I have to say I really loved it. I really would recommend it. It's Nice. It's a, it's based on true story, and it, and you know, and it had echoes of Nicola Caspi's The Emerald Spy in the sense that they're both World War Two, and I just really enjoyed that whole time, um, and the characters in it are lovely. Um, again, poor Alice has a bit of a wagon of a mother. It seems to be a theme running through <laughs> um, in today's books. Yes, <laughs> but it's um, it's lovely, um, and it's mm. going to be our book. It's on our book club list for July. See, I have all my books already picked out. <laughs> Yes. So it'll be on our book club list then for July. And this is I, coming out when? This is out. This is out in June. This is out in early June. Early June. If you're going on holidays. This is another one to put in your bag. Absolutely looking forward to it. Okay. And as you said, a real situation: World War Two, London, children and families being evacuated, and coming from two perspectives: a mother's and a teacher who wants to contribute to the war effort, and then that drama that happens at sea, etc., etc. There is lots in this book to enjoy for sure. Yeah. And Hazel Gaynor is on the money once more. The last lifeboat, it's called, by Hazel Gaynor. Stick it on your list too. You'll have it for the summertime to bring it on holidays with you. Just before you go, I want to say one thing to you besides the books. Um, I spoke on this show on a number of occasions back over the years about, you know, were there still postcards for the local areas? You know the way years ago you could get a postcard if you were in Dundalk visiting or or Navin or Drogheda? And and like there, there still seem to be a few about, but I, we've spotted something. There's a new range of postcards. You have them. We do, we do. We we basically, I have, in the shop, we've always been asked for postcards during the summer. And when anywhere I go anywhere, I always buy postcards. I always put the stamp on them. I always send them off to my family. They probably get them three weeks later. But sure, look, I, I've sent something. I've done yes. my business. <laughs> but so what I 
the local photographer, Breed O'Neill, had posted some fabulous photographs um, over the last while of work that she had done. And I thought, you know what? There hasn't been photographs in this local area for, for I was told, for over five years. Mm. So I teamed up with Breed and we have basically uh, just printed and published and available for sale eight Sorry, 10 beautiful postcards. And I have sent you up a set for you. Oh, have you? Thank you so much. Uh, So 10 beautiful postcards from Eastmead and Drogheda. Um, And there will be bookmarks um, and her prints. You can actually, you'll be able to buy her prints shortly now as well. So yeah, we have postcards. Woohoo. Great stuff. (laughs) So do give Irene a shout at Southgate Shopping Centre on the south side of Drogheda. Academy Books, one of our rare local independent bookshops, needs all the support we can give her she has and will have all the books she's been talking about today and more besides Irene you're a star until the next time take care of yourself you look after yourself bye bye Irene Gahan there from Academy Books on Book Club Friday on Late Lunch Shakira Shakira on your late lunch this afternoon the hips don't lie anyway a lot of people have to uh look after their hips and Louise your weekends are generally always busy with sport aren't they yep sideline queen me there you go. Although, I, although no, I have a break this weekend. There's, oh, I don't think you? there's any bre- matches on tomorrow or Sunday. Monday, but, there is. But, you know, don't you go... You are at the moment, and I, I did at one time, and many do. Like, parents are fantastic, mm. you know, bringing their children along, you know, being there for them. They love you to be at the games and... They do, watching actually, them, yeah. Don't they? They mm. really do. I have to say that. And I commend all the people who work voluntarily oh, with teams. Oh, yeah. The, the marvellous people. They're there you know, all they, the time, every evening. They, rain, hail, they snow, give it so much. everything. And they're, you know, at times they, they get a bit of stick. We know that at times. <laughs> you know yourself, my Johnny or my Mary should be. <laughs> Why are they not playing? I know the crack with it all. It's all part and parcel of it. But I want to just acknowledge today all those people who voluntarily give their time across the board in sport for young people and to the parents who, you know, bring their children along and other people's children along. It works like a community at times because people yeah, help each other. And yes, yeah. it's, it's, and it's something that's never really acknowledged or whatever and well done to everybody just to social say, outing yeah, as well for yes, parents yes it certainly is and who knows we may have Coach Louise with our badges shortly <laughs> with the badges I don't know Jerry. I, I forgot Mrs. my glasses Brown. yesterday I got to see a thing I'm nearly cheering the wrong team so no I think me and Coach will never never ever be unless unless they want me to coach the uh, the enemy team no no not at all Mrs Brown has the badge yeah, the badges that. she has the badge Coach Louise and you'll have it on the you <laughs> Do you get animated on the sidelines? Do you? You do. You get excited. Sure, everyone does, don't they? I do, yeah. Yeah, sure, people do. So you have to get excited for your team and your children as well. We understand that. It's hard restraining at times. I know, I've been to the there. the detriment of my daughter's oh, dirty looks. I've been there. I've been that soldier in my time. I, I really have. Anyway, and you know, from these uh, games in rugby and GAA and soccer and all the sports, some star emerges you know what I mean you could be there you know what I'm saying there are people yeah. on sidelines today and who is the next great footballer the next great Gaelic oh, star you know look at you're watching them from when they're seven and they're yes. like looking up in the sky mm, when a ball mm. comes to them and then to see them kind of 
grow. Grow. Mm-hmm. And, and then they're 12, 13, ah, 14 yeah. and develop. And it's just incredible. Yeah, it is. And, you know, they all have dreams Fantastic. and aspirations and ambitions. Anyway, wherever you are this weekend and wherever sideline you're on, feel special because it is a special time in your and their lives. The bank holiday weekend, we're going to sort out your glass of vino now because he's back with us. The virtuoso himself, Rick Cronje. Great to see you. You too, Jerry. Welcome back. And welcome back to you too, may I say. Yes, I missed you last time round. Delighted to be here with you today. Now, you have actually educated me already and we're going to hopefully do the same with listeners today because listeners will be familiar with a wine called Zinfidel, a red wine, California. I'm sure I'm not uh, speaking out of turn saying that. But I never knew about Primitivo. Yes. It's the same. It is the same. One of the same. One and the same. Um, the the only difference, uh, Jerry, is that Primitivo is the name they use in Italy, and uh, Zinfandel in California. And well, lovely history to it, as we will. <laughs> you couldn't tell us now, but you could knock yeah. me over a feather because I have to say, in Italy, I have tasted Primitivo, yeah. but I never made the connection sure. until you sent me the notes, and yes. here we are. So Zinfandel and Primitivo, Zinfandel in the states, Primitivo in Italy. Uh, Zinfandel in California. In California. Yeah, in the and States. Primitivo. And Primitivo in okay. Italy. What's the history then? What is the history well, of this Well, this is grape? the interesting thing, uh, Jerry, because this is actually uh, originally through DNA, which came through in the late, uh, I think it was the late 60s, um, that uh, the grape actually originated in Croatia. Oh God, so that's, that's another twist. That is, oh, yeah, another, another twist. twist. Yeah. Now it's got two other names as well that uh, in in uh, Croatia, I can't even pronounce them. I'm not going to insult <laughs> the nation by trying to. But <laughs> well, I the name won't. the name that that we know and that's quite regularly used is Tribidra. Right. And that's the origins in in Croatia. Croatia. Now around about the 17, because Croatia is just. Across from Italy uh, on the Adriatic Stone Sea. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that came over by boat, and then a monk, and I love his name. It sounds very um, intimidating. Don Francesco Filippo. Lovely. <laughs> and he he changed the name to Primitivo because it was an early ripening, and in in uh, in Italian language, that's what it means. Okay. So he just changed it. For convenience, right, and that stuck. That was and the that name stuck that stuck with it in 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 Italy. Yes, but when it went over to uh, uh, California, now that going back eighteen twenty nine, eighty thirty, came from uh, Vienna. It was a horticulturist, George Gibbs. He imported twenty five vines to experiment with. Okay, but it came from Hungary, and in Hungary, it was called another name, Sitzi Vendi. <laughs> so he just changed it to Zinfandel. Oh, you see, it sounded the same. It, it sounded it the same. Sounded it had like the same. Yes. Uh, now, the pronunciation is obviously, uh, you couldn't. Mm. So uh, it's a grape originated in Croatia. And uh, wherever it went from Italy to California, Hungary, the name just changed. It was just too complicated. Yes. But so. uh, back in its in its Italian format, it wasn't really recognised as a grape in its own. It was a blend, wasn't it, for quite a number of years? It was, Jerry. It was absolutely a blend. It couldn't stand on its own. It was table wine and even less. Yes. But it provided the colour, provided the mm. depth, and it was quite a strong backbone. Uh, for so uh, for other uh, blends, so that is why they uh, sort of used it there. Mm. 
But in the 60s, late 60s, early 70s, it started taking off. More or less the same time it started taking off in, in California, California, although yes. in previous years going mm. way back it was also very popular yes so you know one could argue that it was on the back of that but when you look at the names it's hard to put the two together together yes yeah. yes and in california now what it's number four in terms of production yeah it's it shows it's, you. it's it's uh, about five to six percent of total production there is 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 um uh, it's made up out of zinfandel very popular now as well mm. you know um and a lovely one wine to drink and um the contrast is yeah is, is well we're gonna also. we're gonna we're gonna experience it now here on late lunch we and we want to say a big thank you to the guys in first and last off license in jonesborough who've been very good to us today and provided us with the primitivo and the zinfandel uh, to taste and we have they we have another white but we'll talk about that a little bit later on but thanks guys for, for the zinfandel and primitivo so we're starting in italy puglia uh, with your first wine Yes, uh, Primitivo there, as we say, truly is the um, uh, the, the name of the wine. And um, I'll pass it on to you, Jerry. And, and I'll tell you what it's you. truly like. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> In Jerry. one second. Absolutely. Well, I have to tell you, on the nose, it is just... It's all encompassing on the nose. What yes, a Jerry, oh, yes. what a, a an aroma, Rick, coming yes, from that. Yes, it's very strong. It's one thing oh you'll my, find oh about Primitivo. It is a good, strong wine. Uh, this is, I think, it's at fourteen percent. So um, it, uh, you know, it's going to be good. You get, the color will tell you you're dealing with a, a heavyweight. Put it that way. It's strong, full-bodied. I have to say, but it. Yeah. It's really smooth and it lingers. It definitely, it definitely lingers, doesn't it? Absolutely, Jerry. It, it you, would you decant this? Would you decant this? I, I, I did, Jerry, and I found it just took the edge off it. And uh, it just made it that little bit more mm. uh, because it is strong. All the red fruits, the deep red fruits oh, are in there, aren't so. they? You can very see that as so. well. So I have to say now, maybe I'm, I'm wrong here. You, you correct me if you want. I could have that happily as it is there in the glass without Absolutely. anything to accompany it but I always ask you what would it pair yeah. with I think grilled f- chicken pork yeah. chops yes um, you know a roast lamb I think will go beautiful with it it has that depth but it won't be- that smoothness just won't overtake it yeah it just oh, won't it's, overtake it it's beautiful Oh, it's just beautiful. It really is. I love that wine. So just remind people again, it's truly, it's from Italy, Puglia. It's the Primitivo 2021, 14 euro. 14 euro. Give away, Jerry. It's a lovely, lovely wine. Class, class wine. I wish I'd had that with my leg of lamb last weekend. But you never know. The weekend is young, Rick, at the moment. And you have three days, Jerry. (laughs) I don't think the lamb will get to farm three days. (laughs) It certainly won't. And we always say, we always, and Rick always emphasises this, in moderation, enjoy your wine, plenty of water with it and food as well. So let's yeah. contrast now. Let's go to California and talk about the Zinfandel. What have you there for us, Rick? Yeah, the Zinfandel. Now, that's a very interesting, uh, Jerry, because I call it the Mike Tyson of wines. This oh. one. It's, it's, it's big, it's bold, but it's beautiful. It really is. And very interesting. You know, it's uh, although it's full-bodied, it's still got that touch of smoothness yes. about it. But they put it in bourbon uh, barrels. Now, it was in oak, combination of oak and French barrels before. 
but by putting it in in in, in the bourbon uh, barrels, it just gives it that touch of smokiness. Okay. Just gives it an extra bit of depth to it. Now, this is not. It's unusual for for putting wine into something that's a whiskey. They call yes. it bourbon. There, normally we would use sherry casks mm. on that. Mm. So uh, very interesting, and I think. I think they got it spot on. Uh, Bob Blue is the winemaker. He started this in 2013 and I think he's got a real hit. So on the label, 1000 Stories is the name. The yes. grape is Infidel. Again, we're comparing like with like as Rick has been doing in this series. 2021 with 2021, the European side against the Californian. And it's 17 euro this. Let me have a little a little taste of that. I have a little rinse yeah. out there a second ago. So this is on the Zinfidel yeah, side. Straight California. away the colour you can see there's a difference yes, in the colour. Yes, absolutely. Oh, and again, again, it's a lovely nose on it. Oh, it beautiful. Has. Beautiful, Jerry. Absolutely stunning. Now, 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 now. That's beautiful. Oh, that is... No, Trans. that's sensational. That is one of the nicest reds I've ever tasted. There's a, is there a caramelly thing? There is definitely in that direction. And uh, the smokiness, you're right. Yeah, you get yeah. that little touch of it. Ah, listen, you could drink that on its own, couldn't oh, you? Even though it's a Mike Tyson. Absolutely, Jerry. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. In front of the fire, enjoy the fire while you can because they want to ban <laughs> that in our houses. I don't know when. Um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely, Jerry. Wonderful definitely. wine. 1,000 stories, Infidel 2021, 17 year. And again, we say a big thank you to First and Last Off Licence in Jonesboro, the guys there who've given us the Primitivo and the Zinfidel this afternoon. Two wonderful reds heading into the weekend. Just before we finish, you've nipped in with a, a white there. And this white comes to us from Murphy's in Carrigastickin, just outside Fork Hill. Thanks to everybody in Murphy's. So this is what? A, a Sauvignon Blanc? It's a Sauvignon Blanc. Yeland. Uh, it's the Reserve Sauvignon Blanc 2021, Jerry. And the reason why I want to stress Reserve, because I tried the Sauvignon Blanc uh, straight. And it it's beautiful. But this one has just got the edge on it. It's just got that little bit of sharpness, tanginess in it. Award-winning. It won, uh, was it last year? I think it was. They won the um, 2021, sorry. They won uh, three awards. They got gold for it. They got the best uh, varietal award, which is Sauvignon Blanc, and the best country award. New Zealand, Melbourne. Really? So this. So it's 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 a complete winner. This. It's highly decorated, and I'm looking at the price. It's a ten or sterling or eleven euro. This is the thing, Jerry, and you you, you can't. Unfortunately, awards come after the wine is made, so you can't, you can't go back and you change the price. You can't go through the, the roof yeah, with it. Yeah. And again, it comes to us from Brendan Murphy and the team there at Murphy's in Carrick is sticking just outside Falkhill. Let's yes. have a little taste of this. Um, and I, I, again, I say to you, always plenty of water with your wine. Space it out, spread it through the evening, have your food with it as well. And I've just cleared my palate with a little drop of water there and... Ah, oh, well, I'd be familiar, to be honest with you, with um, Sauvignon, Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc, yeah. And it has a lovely freshness about it here. Let's have a go. Ah, winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> Absolutely, Joe. It's lovely. It's just very sharp, very refreshing. Um, it's so pale, isn't it, pale, really? very pale. When you look at it, very it is. Pale. There's a paleness when you hold it up yeah. to the light there. Ah, uh, oh, that's lovely. The grapes were specially selected. That's what sets it up. Part, yes, you know, from the uh, reserve. 
So um, again, you just make the distinction again. It is the reserve. It's yes. the Yelens, Y-E-A-L-A-N-D-S, Yelens Reserve Sauvignon Blanc 2021. One. And the reserve is Correct. a key with this wine. Yes. Actually, look, you could drink that in its own. Bit of seafood with it. It'd be lovely. Wouldn't seafood. it? Pasta. Seafood, pasta. Anything um, like that. I had a bit of shrimp in, in a frying pan. That's all. Uh, it just couldn't be. It's just beautiful. Be it really is beautiful. And this one available from Murphy's in Carrick is sticking just outside Fork Hill there. And the price is right too. It is beautiful. It really is. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You have certainly pulled the stops out for the bank holiday weekend, Rick. You really, really have. You've come along with three cracking wines today. Uh, well done to you. And just to go back on the Zinfandel. Again, when I tasted Zinfandel many moons ago, I was very impressed with it. The Californian side of things. But there you are. The child was born in Croatia and was adopted in Italy and finally ended up as an adult in California. California. They're lovely, lovely wines. Rick, it's always a pleasure to have you with us on the show. Thank you so much indeed for adding so much to our bank holiday weekend. Looking forward already to seeing you next month. I'll be here. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called... Comedy? (laughs) Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. I just had to go back to her for the comedy this week. We remembered her early in the week. Yes, Dame Edna. And here we are again with Michael Parkinson, 2004. Dame Judy Dench and Sharon Osbourne on the hot seats as well. And here's Dame Edna talking about her beauty secrets. I rather enjoy the single life. I quite do. I'm a very busy woman. And I'm lucky I'm so well preserved, Michael. Well, this is true. And I was about to ask you about the secrets, the beauty secrets. Beauty secrets is simple. You better write this down, Judy. I don't think those close ups in the lavender ladies helped you either. I do. Better than Maggie, don't you think? Better than poor old Maggie. I use it simple. People spend a fortune tightening their skin, getting rid of the wrinkles. Boots, not much more than 30p. The hemorrhoid cream is what you <laughs> Hemorrhoid cream, it's absolutely it's true. true. It tightens everything up, not just what it's meant to tighten up. And I splash it on that hemorrhoid cream at night. I do. Look at me. And you're, you know, I made a joke and you haven't got so many little crow's feet anymore. No, the big ones. Tell me, no, no. <laughs> Where exactly did you kiss Lauren before? <laughs> Think about it, Possums. Think about it. <laughs> Well, <coughs> thank you for talking to me and, and us and talking giving us to all. You, I'm here. What would be the point of coming here not talking to you? <laughs> and uh, all the best on Broadway. I'm sure it'll be you, wonderful. Michael. And look, I don't have to kiss you, do I, darling? No. no, 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 no I really think you should. No, you'll be quiet, you have one. be quiet, you have one. I'm sorry. Viewers, please don't miss The Lavender Girls. There's a wonderful film with two of the great actresses. 
two of the three great British actors. <laughs> and don't forget the X-Files. I love you. <laughs> Mr. Cowell. Oh, oh, yeah. oh he's, he's fabulous, isn't he? Isn't he? Do, do, do is you there really anything between you and him, I wonder? <laughs> I just think that he would want to borrow that dress from you, that's all I have to say. In other words, there's nothing between you and him at all, I suppose. <laughs> I've no. heard a few little whispers I have. But it's a great show. It gives... So many opportunities to people with so little talent. talent. <laughs> Sharon Osborne, love to Aussie. Dame Judy Dench and my special guest, Michael Parkinson. Oh, the absolutely brilliant Barry Humphreys, a.k.a. Dame Hedna. May she rest in peace. It's Brian Adams bringing us up to top of the hour at three with the summer of 69. Oh, was a tough one today. Let's have another listen to our TV theme. Boxed an awful lot of people. Dawson's Creek, that's the theme from that famous TV show going back a few years. And our winner today is Lorraine Cooney in At Boy. We'll uh, be popping a little gift in the post to you, Lorraine. And thanks to everybody who got involved in the competition this afternoon. Just reminding you, the bingo jackpot's €11,200 next Tuesday. Massive, isn't it? Big winners lately, €600 found its way to Christina Callaghan. Kay Fagan and Patsy Duffy picked up 400 each, while Caroline Burke and Suzanne Martin won 200 apiece. €11,200. Make sure you have your book to play. Buy your book today from outlets across the North East. And remember, when you play LMFM Radio Bingo, you're supporting the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre, who do absolutely wonderful, wonderful work. It's time for the number one. Five, four, three, two... One. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... Yes, the number one from this very week in 1977. And this song is regarded as one of ABBA's finest. Yes, it's their most and one of the most successful singles of all time. It was the biggest selling single in the UK in 1977. And actually, when this one hit number one, it began a second run of three consecutive number one singles for ABBA. They did it previously in 76, and in 77 it was this one today, followed by The Name of the Game and Take a Chance on Me. But Knowing Me, Knowing You continues to be regarded as one of ABBA's finest. And here it is at our number one in 1977, this very week. Number one in our top five countdown from this very week in 1977, an ABBA classic, Knowing Me, Knowing You. And we'll bring you another 
It'll be top four countdown next week with the bank holiday. Love these bank holiday weekends. I really do. Anyway, before we wrap up for the weekend, we got to look after the sporting end of things. David Sheehan is with us next. As we do each Friday, David Sheehan, our man from Sunday Sport, is joining us to look ahead to the weekend sport. And we have a special guest today. I think you might know Mr. Dermot Keeley, who distinguished himself in the black and white of Dundalk and in many other colours and in many other fields in this country and beyond as well. Welcome both. Hi, good Thank to talk much. to you. D- Dermot, I'll just say, bring you in at the start today. Um, tonight, Drogheda played on Dock and there's a really important matter you want to talk to us about. There's a big collection at halftime for, uh, I remember him playing well myself, for Jacko McDonough. Tell us the story. Yes, uh, Jacko came back to Ireland last year. It was his birthday yesterday. Uh, came for his 60th birthday and unfortunately had a massive stroke. And he's been in uh, James's Hospital ever since. And, um, you know, the situation in, in, in Ireland is that, you know, it's very difficult to get rooms. And his family try to set up a, a GoFundMe page. They, they hope to raise 120000 And basically, Mick Bourne, Pat Bourne, all the, t- all the players from the uh, Rovers 80, 84 in a row team, that, that all those players, of that era too, Robbie Hogan is, is doing something as well. They're all getting around. It's a small league, and we should look after our own. And I, think I would ask people who have gone to the game to contribute tonight, both Dundalk and Drawdale. It's nothing, this is not uh, anything to do with either town or whatever else. This is for a really, really good cause. And there'll be people I know from, from that era will be outside the gate tonight showing their support for Jack Cohen and hoping to get a few quid from people going into the gate. Ah, oh, they will, and both sets of supporters will, of course, because he was a League of Ireland stalwart. What a player he was, and he's on hard times at the moment. So every euro contributed tonight into the buckets will be a big help towards the cause and raising uh, that amount of money. Uh, and I'm sure the generosity will be tremendous tonight. Who's going to win, Dermot? The Dark will win. <laughs> she Absolutely. Yeah. Now, when we get back off Jacko, we get back to where we're... we're Unbelievably biased, and I am unbelievably biased for Dundalk. I know they've, they've a lot of injuries at the minute, and I also understand Stephen is getting a bit of stick. But uh, my faith is always there. Uh, they, they've come through so so much, so much for such a such a small club. They're, they're fantastic, and it's a pleasure to be here and uh, to, to to hopefully get money for Jacko. That's the main cause. Yeah. But, into the game and enjoy it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and uh, enjoy the game. I'll say that again. Dermot, I have to leave it there with you. Away you go. I'm going to have a chat with David now. Thanks for joining me on the show, Dermot. Thank really you very appreciate much. it. I Not appreciate at all. It. You're welcome. You're welcome. Dermot will be at Oriel himself tonight. Well, David, do you agree with the man? Dundalk to win. Oh well, I wasn't expecting him to say anything else, but um, I, you know what, Terry? It's really, it's really strange. Drada have been playing so well this season. Um, the the, reserve, the reverse fixture uh, back in March was actually the last time Dundalk won in the league, the game at Weavers Park, and they were very fortunate to win that night against Drogheda United. Um, Drogheda missed a penalty late on, and you know I think even you know people watching on, impartial observers would have said Drogheda probably deserved to win that game, but they didn't take their chances. Dundalk did, and Dundalk came away with all three points. The same thing happened last week against Bohemians. Drogheda owned the ball for most of the second half against the table, teams at the top of the table, remember, as well, but couldn't score. And uh, gave a soft goal away towards the end to make it a 2-0 win for Bohemians. So 
you know, Drogheda haven't scored more than one goal in any game. They've only scored eight goals in total, and they haven't scored more than once in any of those games this season. So they're really struggling to put the ball in the net. And <laughs> an obvious thing to say, but if you can't do that, then you're going to struggle to win games. Mm. But as Dermot mentioned there, Dundalk are missing Andy Boyle, they're missing Greg Slogger, they're missing Cammy Elliott, they're missing Daniel Kelly, they're missing Louis Annesley. John Mountney is out as well, of course. Um, and Robbie McCord is, is a doubt. They're hoping he'll be back in tonight, but I think, he, I think he played a bit of a part in last week's game, so he might be back. But they have a long injury list. Um, it's a hard one to call. Like I think on form, you know, Drogheda are in good form, but they're not winning, not scoring. Um, Dundalk haven't been great themselves. They came away from game against Shelburne last week, 10-man Shelburne with only a point, and I know a lot of fans were disappointed with that one. So it's a really tough one to call. A knife edge, again, I think it could be 1-0, Either way, whoever whoever takes their chances on the night. Mm. Um, but, you know, Drogheda, in spite of how well they've been playing, the teams are level on points in the table as well towards the bottom. Drogheda playing well but not getting the wins and they don't want to get stuck into a relegation battle no more than the dog do. So, yeah, a lot riding on this one. I think a 1-0 win for either side. I can't decide who, but I think it's going to be very, very tight. OK, online tonight you can listen in and then we won't talk about them, but on Monday they're both in action again. Drogheda play Shells on Monday at 5 o'clock and UCD welcomed Dundalk to the Belfield Bowl. They're coming up on Monday Bank Holiday. Just a quick word on the Premier League. It's over, as I've been talking to you, online and offline. I knew the Gunners would flunk it. They were awful against City. Yeah, they were, yeah. I mean, I think, to be honest with you, I, I fancy City to win it all the way through anyway. I felt even if Arsenal didn't have a wobble that City would would win it, but Arsenal have kind of played into their hands, particularly, you know, the Liverpool game, you could say, fair enough, it's Anfield. West Ham game wasn't great, and then the real kicker was Southampton, and we talked about it last Friday, uh, to lo- to draw at home against Southampton, bottom of the table team, uh, who were beaten again last night, like, you know, at home. So to, to draw three all with them was really, really poor, and it, it did sort of lead you to think that Arsenal were starting to crumble. They were poor on uh, uh, on Wednesday night so yeah look the league is, is done and dusted but look it's it's an improvement certainly for Arsenal from where they were last year I suppose we have to look at that as well but but yeah the league is the league is done and dusted I think all the focus now is on the, the bottom relegation really interesting yeah yep. let's move on quickly time will beat us here um, the Leinster Senior Football Championship semi-final loud remarkable comeback last week against Westmead they face Offaly in Sunday double header at Croke Park loud Offaly first Dublin Kildare the second semi-final on afterwards Loud's to win on Sunday, what do you think? Um, well, I mean, yeah, Colin was, was very quick to remind me last last week that the last time Loud played Offaly in a Leinster semi-final was 1997. They went in as favourites against Offaly and that one they lost. Offaly then went on to beat Mead in the Leinster final that year, as many Mead people will remember, with great uh, with great uh, sorrow. But yeah, look, at Loud's a team in form at the minute, but Offaly, you know, they had a good win against Mead last week, obviously a big surprise. But look, in short, as you said, Jerry, time against us, I would, I would expect Loud to win that one and, and let's hope that they do, but um, it's, I think it might be tighter than many people expect but if Lowe can perform like they did in the second half last week they, they should win that game Now in hurling uh, Meath are out against Derry on Saturday in the Christie Ring how do you see that one going? Yeah they, they were beaten by London last weekend and that was you know those those first three matches were always going to be crucial they won the first day they lost against London by two points last Sunday in Ryslip so Meath really need to get a win in this one and uh, it's going to be a tough enough one for them they're going up to Owen Begg Um it's a very tight one to call. I'd like to, I'd like to think that me will get the win and bounce back from last week. But again, a bit like the, the draw to the dark match on a knife edge there. But I think Mead might just squeak through by a couple of points. But it's going to be really tight. And loud for Mana on Sunday in the Nicky record. Yeah, loud not going well, um, really at all in that. You'd probably have to have to back for Mana on that one. It's not been a great campaign so far for them. No, it hasn't. David, we leave it there for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Always appreciate your opinions when it comes to the sporting matters. Thanks indeed. Thank you, Jerry.
Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's David Sheehan there looking ahead to the weekend sporting action, bringing the curtain down on late lunch here for another week. Say my thank yous as usual to you, our listeners who join us every day. We love your company. Thanks indeed to all our guests who've been in studio and with us on the phone or wherever during the week. We appreciate their company too and all they give us on the show. And a big thank you, of course, from me to my producer, Louise Walsh. Thanks a million, Louise. Couldn't do it without. It's been a great week. Anyway, that's it for another one. Bank holiday. Uh, enjoy the three days, whatever it brings. Take care of yourselves. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Loads of sport over the weekend and more besides. Do tune in here on LMFM Radio and online as well. We'll be back on Tuesday next at half one with a, a four-week late lunch. I'm looking forward to it and we'll see you then. Take care. Bye-bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.